But if you can eat your fruit with cottage cheese, it's not a good fruit. Oh, yes, it is. Peaches. Peaches can be eaten with cottage cheese. They're delicious. Okay, that's a fair point. Thank you. everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where one of us shares a strange, weird piece of media with the other person who has no experience or knowledge of it. Today, it is my turn to share a story with you, Sam. Yay! Yay! This is a book that you will never read in your entire life. You I'm counting on it. <laughs> absolutely no experience with it, and you will likely never have any experience with it. You're <laughs> really selling it here, Danielle. I know. It's going to be amazing. So today we're going to be starting part one of the retelling of The Evil Twin, which is a book in the Sweet Valley High series by Francine Pascal. Ooh. I know. It's a young adult series. It ran for actually 20 years from 1983 on. And there's 181 books. Um, <laughs> a lot of spinoffs. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do like one book, I guess, from the series. Is that right? We are. We're doing one book. It is widely considered one of the wildest and weirdest stories in the entire franchise. And it does require a little bit of background knowledge, but I'm going to fill you in so that you can follow through with this story that I'll be telling you. I don't know anything about this series. I didn't realize there were a million and a half books for it. Yeah. But just from the title, it sounds like some kind of boring Babysitter's Club-esque thing. Not that Babysitter's Club is bad. I don't know. I haven't read it either. It would just sound more like that kind of banal thing that wouldn't be insane. See, you would think that, but Sweet Valley High is well known for being extremely soap operatic, sometimes <laughs> okay. fantastical, slightly paranormal. So this follows the story of two identical twins, Elizabeth and Jessica Wakefield, who live in Sweet Valley, California. So that's where the name of the books came from. Is it a real place? I'm guessing not. I don't think so. I didn't Google it, but I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> Jessica is the more wild, rebellious twin, and Elizabeth is the more popular, nerd-vibe twin. So they're identical twins, but opposites. I basically, yes. She's Elizabeth is more sensible. She's good at her classes, you know, all so that stuff. This is stuff. a goofus and gallant for young adults. Adult girls. Kind of, yeah. It is definitely very young adult girl oriented, <laughs> which is why I don't think Got you'll it. ever read it. <laughs> Nothing against those books. I just don't think they're in my particular wheelhouse. Exactly. And of course, they're both blonde haired, blue eyed, and beautiful because, of course. Oof. Yes. So I'm going to send you the summary of this particular book that we'll be going over. Again, it's called The Evil Twin. It's book 100 in the series. And there are 180, you said? 181, and then a whole bunch of spinoffs that were. So so we're a little, a little more than halfway through the series, so this should make total sense. <laughs> yep. So go ahead and read that when you're ready. Okay. Let me pull that up. The summary that I sent you is actually a little clip from an article from Bustle. I just thought it had the best description of the book that I could find. Okay. Great. So... The Evil Twin was the final book in a SVH miniseries, Sweet Valley High, I'm guessing, Correct. that introduced readers to a brand new character named Margot Chappelle. Chappelle? Probably Chappelle. I don't know. <laughs> 
okay, you know what? Fine. <laughs> a teenage girl with a traumatic past who happens to bear an uncanny resemblance to Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield. Margot feels cheated out of her own life, and when she learns of the existence of the Wakefield twins, she decides that obviously she must kill one of them <laughs> and take over their life. Holy, what the heck is that? <laughs> I liked your laughter towards the end of that. You were all going strong till the end. <laughs> well, when you get to murder Twin and take over her identity, I'm I'm kind of thrown off. That's not what I expect from your average tween series about a high school. I know. That's why these are so great. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect a murder still identity like Hitchcock plot yeah, here. You're going to possibly love this. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I am... So stoked now. I'm so glad I read that summary. <laughs> All right. So like I said, we're going to do something just a little bit different today because this is book 100 out of the series and it is part of a little mini series. It's not a standalone. It's a series of about six books or so, but only the fifth and sixth in the run are the most interesting. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of background information so that you can catch up to the Evil Twin book itself. Okay, great. So it should be everything I need to know to understand the entire Sweet Valley High cinematic universe. <laughs> sure, or at least these six books. <laughs> the books, just for any listeners that want to read them later, are books 95 through 100. 100 is the one we're talking about today. So, and you can okay. read 100 as a standalone. It actually does a relatively decent job of summarizing all this stuff. But when you hear the summary, you're going to wish that you had actually read the rest of the books. Oh, boy. If I have to start reading Sweet Valley High books because of this, Danielle, I'm going to be very upset. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, previously on Sweet Valley High. <laughs> <laughs> do that sound effect again. <laughs> It was better the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jessica and Elizabeth, our two lovely twins, are both vying for prom queen. This is this is Oh boy, yeah. that's healthy. This is book ninety-five. And in a fit of jealousy to sabotage her, Jessica spikes Elizabeth's punch at the dance. Okay, remind me again. I'm gonna ask this a lot. Which one's the evil twin of the two? Which one's <laughs> like not the rebel evil. twin? She's just oh, a which rebel one's the twin. rebel twin? Which one's which one's the goofus? Which one's the gallant? I'm never gonna keep this straight. <laughs> Jessica's the goofus okay. and Elizabeth is the gallant. Elizabeth is gallant, Jessica's goofus. Yeah, most of the story revolves around Elizabeth, the good twin, quote unquote. So wait, most of the books revolve around her? So no, her twin is just sort of most of this storyline revolves around her because Marco wants to take over Elizabeth's life. Got it. Okay. And so at the prom, Jessica spikes Elizabeth's drink, her Ooh, punch. Yeah. With booze? With or... booze, yep. Okay. So not like horse tranquilizers <laughs> or something. No. <laughs> Though, with all the side effects that she has, it feels like that's exactly what happened. But no, it was just alcohol. <laughs> okay. It's, it's crazy. I'm, sorry. I'm already, like, <laughs> over my head in this, so you forgive me. So, Elizabeth doesn't realize she's drank alcohol. She's not, she doesn't drink a lot of alcohol. She apparently just doesn't realize it. And I guess one or two glasses of punch is enough to put her over. She didn't realize the punch tasted weird. Lightweight. <laughs> yeah, so she gets really drunk. This teenage girl, how can't hold her liquor? <laughs> apparently. She gets really drunk and she ends up kind of partying with Jessica's date to the dance. It's her boyfriend, Sam. And hey, leave me out of this. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's okay. Sam's not a character for very long. <laughs> oh, is he at least not a total like jerk? 
No, so Elizabeth doesn't realize she's drunk. Her and Sam are partying. They leave the dance together, not in a sketchy way. They just leave the dance together, and Elizabeth drives drunk. She doesn't realize she's drunk. Her and Sam get in a car together, and while they're driving, they have an accident, and Sam dies in the accident. What? You're (laughs) so much worse. Holy moly, that's insane. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I've been personally attacked by this book. Uh, The dilemma is that Elizabeth can't remember anything. Thing. All she remembers is, like, nothing. She remembers going to the dance. She remembers partying a little bit, and that's all. She doesn't remember so these anything from then. these two commit murder. Accidentally. <laughs> oh, manslaughter. Sorry. Yeah, it's manslaughter. <laughs> so these two girls are both parties. To- this is how this starts? This is just the backstory. You've got you to hang in there. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's going to be a I, really um, long episode if you're going to uh, talk about the backstory this much. That's we're doing two at least. Oh. Okay. So Elizabeth does not know that Jessica spiked her punch, but the whole killing of Jessica's boyfriend thing has really put a damper on their relationship. So there's a lot you of think. infighting. And Jessica's blaming Elizabeth, even though Jessica has some blame in this. <laughs> Just a bit. Okay. So basically the stories open up. This is still the original book, 95. It opens with Elizabeth having this dream and she has a dream that she sees Jessica in the dream but then it turns out that it's not really Jessica it's someone with the same color eyes but she has an empty expression that frightens Elizabeth and then in the dream she whips off her hat and it turns out that she actually has really dark hair and she's holding a huge butcher knife and so this is a reoccurring dream she has it probably a dozen times throughout this series and she doesn't this know why it's a horror movie it is <laughs> I mean it is about somebody <laughs> trying to take over somebody's life <laughs> this is Freddy Krueger in teenage girl form basically so then most of the stuff that I'm taking from these earlier books, because there's a whole lot of unrelated plot lines going on, is the stuff about Margot, just so you have a better uh, idea of what Margot's Margo like. Margot Chapel, as I will call her from henceforward. <laughs> I think she was Margot Chappelle, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Margot is... The psychopathic foster child that has been in terrible home placements her entire life. She's also 16. (laughs) This book has so many problems already. So many problems. So many problems. Foster children being demonized. Not not great. They have enough to deal with. They don't need your dumping on them book. Absolutely. Also, manslaughter that doesn't really seem to cause any consequences besides a little sibling rift. Well, I'll get there. I'll get to the consequences. Okay. But I do agree that it's like they're trying to give Margot this really like – dynamic backstory and it's kind of a questionable one she could just be a psychopath like that would be fine too <laughs> you know why do you have to drag being a foster child to this people have enough to deal with it's terrible <laughs> absolutely and you can tell that she's psychopathic because her introduction is basically that there's this little five-year-old sister that she has foster sister and she laughs because the girl steps on some shards of glass that are on the ground so immediately you know that she's psychopathic <laughs> She thinks that's funny. Great. So Margo basically decides that she needs to leave her foster family. She wants to hit the road. She wants to go to California because that's where she thinks her original biological family is. And she hates her foster family. They're not super nice to her. And she decides to burn the house down is basically the premise there. Good start. Yeah. So she actually ends up killing her foster sister on purpose. It's actually kind of a, it's a terrible way. It's a little funny. So <laughs> she's, Margo's making to- <laughs> oh, child murder. Hilarious. <laughs> it's not. So she's, Margo's making toast one morning and it's a broken toaster. Like it's just not working very well. So she sticks a butter knife into the toaster and it's just like flame shoots up out of the toaster. And she's like, well, that was a bad idea. And then she has this like moment of brilliance where she's like, that's how I'm going to kill my foster sister. <laughs> 
And she kills her foster sister because her her sister, who's five, sees her counting money and sees her looking at a bus schedule that has Cleveland circled because that's where she's going originally. So she's like, my sister knows too much. I'm like, your sister is five. Yeah, no, this is not the man who knew too much. Yeah. So she talks her sister into making some toast with the broken toaster and then is like, oh, you can't get the toast out of there. You should stick a knife in there. And she's like dropped kerosene all over the house and then it catches on fire. Shenanigans ensue. Everybody's Does dead. Does no one smell the kerosene? Where are the parents? I d- don't know. <laughs> Everybody dies. <laughs> so her entire foster family is murdered by... There's a lot more murder in these books than I anticipated. Oh, there's a lot of murder. This is the beginning of a murder. This is like tweens, teenagers, like, yeah, read this? Yes. <laughs> you clearly didn't get into all the like stuff that was murder around. Books? <laughs> no, books I didn't get into murder books. novels when I was 12, Danielle. <laughs> like Christopher Excuse Pike, me. there's just like hundreds of murder books for teenagers. What the heck? Yeah. The teenagers are messed up enough. It's crazy. Anyway, so she did. I am shocked. <laughs> so she I'm like a parent. I'm not like on the banned <laughs> book list now. <laughs> Let it go. No, not really, but seriously, this is this is insane. I am. I missed out. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, you can always catch up now. I'm glad I'm sharing I this with they you. They won't hit the same, though. <laughs> so she takes her bus to Cleveland. She creates a fake resume, and she decides to nanny for a family. She keeps involving herself with children, and I don't know why. She clearly hates them. That's such a bad idea. I know. More background checks. Come on. <laughs> so she gets hired on his family. She steals her a- reference. I'm sorry. Who was her reference? What do they call on saying? She did a she did a bunch of fake references, and she kind of always just talks her way out, like, "Oh, they're out of town. You can call them next week or something." And she always just like gets in the door because all <laughs> she wants to do is steal their money and kill their children. <laughs> so she's she's a serial killer. She basically by the end of this book, yes, she's absolutely a serial killer. So she killer. goes to babysit for families. She grifts them into lending her nanny for them or babysit or whatever, so she can murder their children, steal their money, and leave. Yes. Essentially. Why murder? The t- why did she steal things and leave? I don't know. Because she likes to murder. The voices in her head tell her to. Oh, she has voices in her head. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> oh, okay. So checking that cliche box. Got yes. it. These books are filled with cliches. So she takes all their money out of the safe or jewels or something like that that she's going to hawk. That's and she ki- jewels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she kills the kid. And then she heads towards California. Like I said, she thinks her biological family lives there. So she wants to find them. So how does she murder this child? Is it as gruesome? She like, what does she do? I think she drowns him. They go out on a picnic. She drowns him, I think. That's awful. I know. You don't really see that part. It's kind of just referenced. There's a great quote, though. She's on the bus. She's heading towards California. And she says in her head, she's like, it had been a long day stealing the jewelry, killing Georgie, starting her journey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, pick up the groceries, do the laundry, kill Georgie. Oh, take a nap. (laughs) It was funny. So while she's traveling, Margot finds this newspaper and she sees a picture of Elizabeth on the front. And Elizabeth is on the front of this newspaper because she's being charged for manslaughter from the drunk driving oh, accident. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And originally, Margot thinks it's her that's on the front of the paper. Like, oh my gosh, they found out about me kind of thing. And then she's like, oh, no, that's just Elizabeth. And she's like, oh, it's weird. I look just like this lady on the newspaper, this girl. All right. I, I, I got to break. It. I'm sorry. She sees Elizabeth being charged for manslaughter and says, yeah, that's the life I want. Yes. Isn't it bizarre? <laughs> <laughs> no. If you're like, why would you say, I'm going to get involved in an ongoing manslaughter <laughs> case and put myself no in charge of manslaughter? There's no logic. She just sees her and is like, wow, I look just like her. And originally, I think it's just kind of like a thought. And then it percolates in her mind pretty rapidly. Like, I'm going to take over this woman's life. <laughs> 
who clearly is at the peak of her life. This is not the lowest point in her existence so far. So let's see. She kills another person on her journey. It's not really relevant. Just let you know she kills somebody else. (laughs) Just like for fun? Yeah, basically. Okay. And so once she decides to go to Sweet Valley instead of where she was going to go originally. And she basically like, once I get there, I'll be sweet and beautiful too. And I'll start my life over. And this time I'll be perfect, just like her. So she has it in her head. Until I beat that manslaughter (laughs) charge. Again, so stupid. So while traveling, she realizes that she's actually being followed by the brother of the little boy that she drowned. So she drowned Georgie and his older? Yeah, it's her older brother. It's around, I think it's a little bit older than her. His name's Josh. So he ran away from home to track her down? Yeah, I think he's like of age to run away from home. He's, I think, I think, I don't remember honestly, but he's older than her. And so he's somehow been tracking her. I don't know. It's not very specific how he managed to figure out where she was going, but he, he, she sees him. Okay. And, and I don't know why. He says that he's talked to the police, but apparently they're not taking it seriously, which just seems unlikely, but whatever. The police in these books must be the worst. Yeah. So Josh picks up her trail and finds out she went to Sweet Valley and ends up seeing her near the twins at some point. And so he, but he doesn't know exactly what's going on. So that's kind of his storyline up to now. No one can know what's going on, Danielle. This is all crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, Jessica, meanwhile, is constantly conveniently forgetting that she spiked Elizabeth's punch and is the impetus behind this entire problem. <laughs> what do you mean forget? Is she supposed to be telling people? She's just like... She's like mad at Elizabeth for killing Sam. She's like mm-hmm. blaming Elizabeth entirely for this and absolutely refusing to come to terms with the fact that she's the one that spiked Elizabeth's drink so and she's into her own head. She's forgetting. She's not like omitting those facts to the police. Oh, that too. Oh, probably. that too. Yeah, she hasn't told anybody. But right, and okay. So, like, but no one's like asking her, "Did you spike her drink?" And she's no. like, "No." Yeah, they don't even. They just right now they're still kind of thinking that Elizabeth is maybe lying about not remembering anything or that mm-hmm. her like definitely her drink was spiked, if nothing else. Right. So, like I said, the relationship's been on the rocks since the dance and. And in yeah, kind no of kidding. in this like revengeful spite situation, she decides to steal Elizabeth's boyfriend Todd away from her. Jessica's kind of terrible in these books. Yeah, she's she's kind of terrible. Like, I'm not sure who to root for, Margot or Jessica, to exactly. like kill the other. <laughs> it's terrible. So there's a court case, and Elizabeth da 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 is saved by a lucky break, where a guy who was also drunk driving comes forward on the stand and is like, "I'm the one who hit the car. It wasn't her. She was driving fine." And somehow there are no charges brought against Elizabeth in the court of law. So this man just volunteers and says, you know what? It was all my fault. I was drunk. I crashed into them. She was drunk, but driving okay? Yes. That's not how that works. (laughs) I know. It's not how it works at all. But Jessica's still blaming her, of course. And she's decided like, oh, if I give up Todd, I'll be alone forever. You know, I won't have Sam. I won't have Todd. And, you know, Elizabeth and I aren't talking. I don't have anybody in my life. She's being very dramatic. And who's Todd? Todd is is Elizabeth's Elizabeth's boyfriend. boyfriend. And she's trying to steal Todd away so she'll have somebody. Yeah. And Todd has kind of gone along with it a little bit. He's mad at Elizabeth as well. He's not being very supportive. And he's like, like, you shouldn't have. And Sam, yeah, because they left the party together. And he's like, and you drove drunk and you killed my friend. And like, he's just mad at her. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, not to, you know, justify that Elizabeth doesn't need some support at that point. But also, seriously, you you murdered somebody. Yeah. Or, I mean, even if this other dude was the real culprit, uh, who knows? Like, you could have very easily been the one who crashed and killed them. Absolutely. So I think everyone has a right to be upset, and that doesn't mean that Elizabeth doesn't deserve some sympathy, but also they're not unjustified in their anger. I'd agree, but lots of mixed emotions, obviously. And Todd eventually kind of comes to realize that he 
is not going to blame Elizabeth and does actually want to get back with her. He writes her a love letter and Aww. Jessica intercepts it and steals it away. Of course. of course. It feels like therapy would be really helpful for all these people right now. None of them seem to be in therapy. <laughs> Seriously, every person you described right now sounds like the worst. <laughs> I know. So, is there anyone to root for in these books? Uh, maybe as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Margot dodges Josh, the brother. She makes it to Sweet Valley. And she buys a wig and some colored contact lenses. And her new plan, the plan that has come to her, you know, while she was traveling, is she's going to kill Elizabeth and become her. <laughs> because, sure. Great. That's a, that's a plan. No <laughs> yeah. one's going to notice that. And can we talk about how apparently there are two identical twins, and yet somehow there's another person who also looks identical to the identical twins? <laughs> well, let's be honest. Every blonde, blue-eyed person looks exactly the same, Danielle, right? But this is like, <laughs> you'll see when this goes along, this is like an insane amount of similarities between the three of them. That's awful. Can so, I just say also, this never works in body swap movies. No. Like. No. So how is she, who's not even swapping bodies, expecting to pull this off? You'll find out, won't you? <laughs> I'm just saying, I am dubious of her plan. Absolutely. She seems really it's good at murdering plan. children, but not so good at switching lives. Let's Yet, just give her somehow, that. somehow she manages. <laughs> so, let's see. She starts stalking the family. That's like her first order of business, because she needs to get a sense of what they're like and who the people yeah, are in their yeah. lives. Right. She sees that a friend of the family is having a big wedding upcoming. And so her first thing that she does, as one would, is she kills a caterer that is supposed to be like a person that's helping with the catering. She kills the caterer and then applies for the job that's now vacant. I'm beginning to think that Margot basically has one tool in her toolkit, and that's murder. <laughs> she really does. There's even a line later in the book from one of the characters about that. Like, it just made me laugh when I read it. I was like, yes, that's her solution to every problem. When your only tool is murder, everybody's a corpse. That's how that saying goes. <laughs> yep. So her plan is to get close to Elizabeth to actually get to like talk to her or see her because she'll be at the party that Elizabeth's at. That night, she goes to a bar. It's illegal because she's only 16, but she has a fake ID. Why not? She meets up with this guy named James, who's just a random dirt bike racer, basically. <laughs> and Just a random dirt well, bike racer. Like, that's it, a totally normal it thing. It plays into the story because Jessica is holding a... like. A, a event for her uh, dead boyfriend in honor of him, and he was a dirt bike racer. And so she talks... <laughs> okay, I feel less bad than Sam the dirt bike racer. I feel less of a kinship. <laughs> yeah. Margot basically talks James into... She's like, I'll pay you $2,000 if you enter the dirt bike race and get close to Jessica and find out as much as information as you can about her. And he's like, sure, I could use the money. <laughs> No, who couldn't? Yeah. But of course, when James does all this, he falls in love with Jessica instead. Of course. <laughs> James is weak. <laughs> yeah, it's not the, it's not the best storyline. Uh, Margot is up to her game. She's been following them. She's been trying out their mannerisms. She wants to try it out on somebody and see if she can actually pass as Elizabeth. And so she goes into the house when they're out of the house, the twins, and she meets the mom. Then she pretends to be Elizabeth with the mom. You're going to start with their mother? Yeah. So the mom feels Hard like something... mode right away. <laughs> I know. The mom feels like something's off. She just attributes it to the tension between the two twins. So she's just like, oh, they're you know, there's something going on. It's probably just in my mind that this is kind of weird. 
Yeah. No, that's totally my daughter. Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> finds out that Jessica, like, didn't show her the note from Todd. She finds the letter. She reads it. Her and Todd get back together. And there's no fallout from that? She's really mad at Jessica. They're not talking particularly. Well, that seemed like it was already a thing. Yes. It's on. They almost make up. And then she finds out about the letter. And they uh. unmake up. And then their dad, who is a lawyer... He receives a letter from a law department in San Francisco saying that they want to discuss a consulting contract with him, and they send him an all-expenses-paid trip to come and talk to him. This is all relevant. So he's going to be out of town for a while. Yeah, so that's upcoming. So that was 95 through 99, and now we're in book 100, The Evil Twin. That was four books? Yeah, I summarized because there was a whole lot of other plot line. Okay, that sounds like very little spread out through a lot of books. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. There was more other plot lines going on. There's like whole other story chunks going on in those books. I just took them out because they're not relevant to this book. Not to the Margot murder mystery exactly. novels. Exactly. All right. So diving <laughs> into the evil twin. You have your Scooby backstory. Let this happen. No. So the book, The Evil Twin, starts where we left off. There's introduction of the characters, and our plucky heroes are still at odds. Elizabeth still has no memory of prom night. She has no idea how she got drunk. She's just gotten back together with her boyfriend, Todd. Wait, wait, wait. Something just clicked. Is this why you were asking me about blackout drinking a little while ago? Maybe. Yes. Because you're like, can you lose your memory when you drink? I can't remember, or if it was a Korean drama. <laughs> To be honest. <laughs> the fact you can't tell the difference says volumes. Yeah. This is a really dramatic book. So anyway, <laughs> all of that's happening. She's questioning if she'll ever be able to trust Jessica again. And while she's getting ready in her room for school, she has a strange premonition, quote unquote. And the the strange premonition is that things are going to get much worse before they get better. And this Well, that's just every morning for me these days. <laughs> yeah, this is just the beginning of like 10,000 strange premonitions that are in this book. It's just an ongoing pile of strange premonitions. <laughs> So they're useless. This is like a spider sense that tingles every time you cross the road because, oh, cars can be dangerous. <laughs> yes, this is absolutely what's going on in this book. So Jessica, meanwhile, is also getting ready for school. She's being super emo in her bathroom when she gets ready, and she's thinking about her new boyfriend, James. She has mixed emotions because Sam just died. <laughs> she moved on quick. Ah, she sure did. And she still doesn't remember that she's the one who's mostly responsible for this, probably. <laughs> she's ignoring that. She's tampered it down into her subconscious. Got it. She knows one day that, you know, all this will be behind her, but she feels guilty about spiking her sister's drink, as she should. Wait, wait. So she knows she spiked the drink, but she doesn't make the connection? No, she knows she spiked the drink. She doesn't want to admit it to herself or to anybody else. She's just like, Elizabeth shouldn't have driven drunk. It doesn't matter if I spiked her drink Got or not. Got it. So she's not taking any responsibility, even though she knows the sequence of events. Yeah. And she's feeling guilty about it, but she's still denying responsibility for it. And she doesn't want to tell Elizabeth because she's thinking it'll probably permanently destroy their relationship. Yeah, no, duh. Yeah, I know. She also has a premonition, which is trouble. There's more trouble for me and Liz. Trouble in River City. <laughs> exactly. Cavalty, that stands with P, that stands for pool. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene's at breakfast with the family. Steven, their brother, who's home from, I don't oh, know, brother. college life. I don't really remember what he does, but he's home for the moment. He's concerned about the tensions between the two sisters, and their parents are super enthused about their upcoming trip to San Francisco. These parents are awful. I know. His dad mentions that he finds it weird that he hasn't actually talked to the woman who sent him the letter and the all-expenses-paid trip, but I'm, he's sure that it'll this be fine, and he's very excited Margo. to talk to the legal department. <laughs> Margo the mastermind. You'll find out. <laughs> 
And so he, they know they're going to be gone. Steven's going to be home. So they feel, you know, safer about the twins being alone. And then it switches to the school. It's right around the holidays. It's the Christmas holidays. And they're doing a candy cane delivery service thing at the school, you know, where they have elves show up and hand off candy canes with notes and stuff to the kids. Oh, I hated those. Great. I know. So Santa's elf shows up for Jessica. And there's a whole scene that's very sketchy where the elf is like, come sit on my lap and I'll tell Santa about what you want for Christmas. And everything. Everybody laughs and the teacher thinks it's hilarious. Is that hilarious. Elf a student or just some rando dude? <laughs> yes, he's a okay. student. He's uh, a student. It's still awful. And I know that, yeah, and it was the 90s, but oof, that's no, bad. That's, the teacher, <laughs> what teacher is? Is every adult in this book just terrible? A little bit. The parents are nice, but they're a little... The parents are nice, but they're like, oh, I, I can't know. wait to jump to San Francisco while my grieving daughters who have clearly problems yeah. are just left behind alone, not going to attend to them at all. And they should definitely make them have therapy, but they're not. So there we are. So the candy cane, she opens up the message. It's from a secret admirer. She opens the message and it says, happy horror days, Jessica. Why would somebody send that? I mean, obviously it's Margo, yeah, she- but... What? She's like, who has sent such a nasty message? So, yes, why, she doesn't why know. Why do these evil people always feel they need to tip off their victims? I don't know. It's it's. I, she doesn't really play with her victims other than this, and I'm not entirely sure why she does this. I think it's just supposed to build drama in the stories. Okay. The next scene's at lunch, and Todd and Elizabeth are talking, and another candy cane's delivered, this time to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth opens it up. It's also anonymous, and it says, I'm dreaming of a red Christmas. Wreck the halls with bloody bodies. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> And also, not very creative. You can do better than that. I expect better. <laughs> Come on, Mario. You can I do mean, better than that. Step up your game. Wreck the halls. Okay, that's not bad. But, you know, with bloody bodies? Come on. How about with bows of limbs or something? <laughs> okay, keep working on it. Oh, I, I got like three seconds. This person's a professional writer. They can do better. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they ignore it. It's just, it's just a sick joke. Ignore it. It's not a big deal. No, like, who knows? maybe don't ignore it. <laughs> but they do. They ignore so much stuff in this book, Sam. This so is like much. red flags the book. <laughs> it's crazy. Sorry, Winnie's meowing. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so Q Margo, she's walking in the halls of Sweet Valley High. How did she get in? Uh, she just walked in the door. Oh, that's right, it's the 90s before things were yeah. secure with like metal detectors and everything. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. And it talks about her like walking in the halls, looking at all the students, just like super into it. Like, this is my new life. It's going to be great. And in my head, I, very, I imagined it as like Spider-Man 3 when he has <laughs> he's just, like the emo hair and eyeliner. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Margo. Finger guns. Finger yeah. guns. <laughs> So I feel like she was in this hallway because she was on cloud nine. She's so excited about being in her new high school. <laughs> Oh, Margo, just looking to fit in and murder. (laughs) And murder. (laughs) So she's contemplating her timeline because she's worried because she saw Josh in Sweet Valley at one point. So she's like, okay, he's on my tail. He knows. That's the brother of Georgie. I swear, Danielle, this ends with Josh like pointing a gun like, I don't know which one to shoot. I'm going to be very happy. (laughs) It does not end with Josh pointing a gun at the two Elizabeth Margos. Or three. (laughs) Who knows? There could be many of them. Right. I just want to see someone be like the classic, which one of you is the real murderer I've come to murder? (laughs) No, Josh doesn't do that. What a useless person. (laughs) 
<laughs> so she's thinking that she really wants Margot to like disappear. It's like she needs to get rid of Margot because obviously people are hot on her tail, but she needs to learn more about Elizabeth before she can fully become her, obviously. She is smiling about the candy cane notes that she sent the twins. She's like, this was going to be a special Christmas and New Year's for her. She couldn't resist spreading a little holiday cheer. <laughs> Dumb. She's a bad murderer. She's bad She's at murdering. Great. So Josh, meanwhile, is trying to figure out what Margot's up to. He thinks maybe she was involved in the caterer's death from earlier because he knows somebody died around the time that she arrived in Sweet Valley. What is this dude? And, <laughs> and so he investigates, quote unquote, the hit and run accident by pretending to be a journalist at the police station. And the police just tell him everything they yeah, know. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> I know. So basically, they don't have any leads. They found an abandoned car that they know hit the person, but uh, all the fingerprints were wiped down. Apparently, there's no DNA in the 90s. <laughs> Would Margo be in the fingerprint database even? I, maybe. I don't know. Honestly. Fingerprints aren't that reliable also. They're kind of terrible. Yeah. But he basically he gets no information, but he does get some information about the – or he does get the phone number or contact information of the catering company. Okay. So he follows up with them and he learns that a new girl did get a job around the same time that someone was killed in an accident and he assumes that it was probably Margot. This was the line I was telling you about earlier. His quote is, was murderous violence Margot's answer to everything? Was no crime too heinous? <laughs> Does it get more heinous than murder? I'm confused. <laughs> and the answer is yes, Josh. <laughs> like, murder's violence is Margot's answer to absolutely everything. To be fair to Margot, it's worked so far. Yeah, it has, actually. It's going to continue to work, too. <laughs> <laughs> Margot tries to do another test run. She knows that Elizabeth is meeting up with her friend Enid. They're going to get some ice cream after school, and she finds Enid in the library. Everyone's just so casual. Yeah, and so she apparently has just somehow gleaned all this information. I don't know how. And Margot walks up to Enid asking her if she's ready to go. And as Enid starts to talk to her, she's like, wait a minute, you're not Elizabeth. Like, she immediately calls her out So on she's it. better than the mother identifying yeah. this person. She's That's the only awful. person, basically, in this entire story that, oh, like, she's immediately dead. questions she's dead. it. She's dead. Margot gets really nervous, but then Enid just thinks it's Jessica playing some prank because oh. that's the obvious idea. Like, that's what you would think, right? And so she's like, I'm not playing along with you, Jessica. And she, like, storms off to go find the real Elizabeth. So Margot's glad she didn't get caught, but she's like, I might have to kill her. Yeah, no, duh. <laughs> so Enid goes and finds Elizabeth. She tells her that Jessica was pretending to be her, and Elizabeth gets mad about it and rants about how she doesn't understand what's going on with Jessica right now, and I'm so concerned that I'm never going to have a relationship with her again, and why is she being so weird? So I don't know if that's what I would focus on right now, but sure. That's what she's focusing on. James, who was the one that was dating Jessica, the dirt bike racer. Yeah, he has a giant peach, I know. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who was working with Margot, but now, like I said, he's in love with Jessica. He wants out of the deal, so he's trying to back out of it. He's really Oh, he's dead too. He's really concerned because Margot's now dyed her hair blonde. She's not just wearing a wig, and she's wearing the contacts, and she's asking a ton of questions about the twins. Wasn't she blonde originally? No, she was a dark hair. So she, had, she was a dark hair with different colored eyes. Yep, and she dyes her hair blonde and wears blue contacts. And she's like... She's she sees this photo of this blonde, blue-eyed girl. It's like, I look just like her. Well, the face looks just like her. Apparently enough to, like, trick her mother. <laughs> I would not have put that together. <laughs> like, if I saw some random person, like, a blonde version of me, I'd probably like, that looks like a very different person. I absolutely Maybe agree. Maybe I'm just bad at this. The entire time I'm reading this book, I was like, nobody would know that they looked that much alike if she didn't have blonde hair. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. Like, the same haircut even makes a huge difference in, like, the shape of your face and everything. I absolutely agree. You know me with hairstyles. As soon as they change, I can no longer tell what a person looks like. 
So he tells Margot that he wants out. Margot guesses he's in love with Jessica and says she'll let him go. But if he so much as looks at Jessica, tells her what's going on, anything like that, she'll kill him. But she says, I'll make you suffer beforehand. I'll kill Jessica first. So she's like, stay away from Jessica or I'll murder you both. Yes, basically. So why is it this Josh? Jo- no, Josh is the other guy. Todd? Whatever. They're all the same. <laughs> why isn't this boy, James? random boy in love with one of- James, Josh, Joe? Who cares? <laughs> why doesn't he go to the police now? He's like, I don't uh, know, there's this Sam. girl who's threatening to murder me and she murdered I before. No idea. I and don't- I can identify her and tell you where she is and we can just wrap this whole thing up. I mean, James doesn't know that she's murdered before, but I don't know why James doesn't go to the police and say, hey, there's this really sketchy girl who paid me to watch this other person and is talking about now killing both of us. I don't know why he doesn't go to the police. Because he's an idiot. Every ugh. He's just like worried that if he does anything, it'll hurt Jessica. And he just flat out doesn't do anything. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He fell in love in like two days. That's crazy. Yeah. I think they're together like half of another book. Oh, okay. I forgot these. this was like seven books. <laughs> so it was five, but okay. Whatever. So the next scene. Prime numbers. <laughs> next scene, the twins' mom is in the kitchen of her house and Elizabeth walks in and they chat for a bit. And her mom feels like the conversation's off. She gives Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth gives it's her a Elizabeth, hug. It's not Elizabeth, it's Margot. It totally is Margot. Obviously. <laughs> Elizabeth I, if gives- I can figure this out, the mother should be able to. <laughs> she doesn't know about Margot. You know all about Margot. <laughs> okay. So Elizabeth gives yeah, her- she knows her freaking child. <laughs> You'd think so, but apparently not. So Elizabeth gives her a hug and a strange chill penetrated Mrs. Wakefield's heart. And she's kind of like revulsed by the by the hug and she questions it. She's like, oh gosh, you know, what's going on? Why do I feel this way about my own daughter? And then she just kind of again daughter. brushes it off about like saying that, oh, it's just because the recent months have been so crazy and, you know, the twins are Maybe being she weird. Could use therapy yeah. or use <laughs> no. help or maybe I could talk to her, offer her my motherly support and love. <laughs> no, she kind of detaches too. The mom does nah. like a lot of weird stuff. Gosh. All right. Everyone's making bad choices. I don't care if they all die. <laughs> Go, Margo. I like, it's like room for the shark in Jaws. I'm all about it. Yeah, Margo. Margo for the win. Also, Margo has a much higher body count than the shark in Jaws, the revenge. <laughs> That's and true. And I already think she'd be a better revenge assassin than that shark. <laughs> Margot feels like the interaction was a success. She does not realize that the mom was kind of weirded out by her. And she heads up to Elizabeth's bedroom. The twins aren't home. So she knows she's pushing her luck, but she, and she's not super sure when Elizabeth is actually going to show up again, but she just can't help herself. So. I just gotta go kill. She goes to the room and she's looking at all the belongings. She's like taking advantage of it, trying to, you know, kind of get a sense of Elizabeth, become Elizabeth, as she says. And she finds Elizabeth. Really do that method acting. Yeah. She finds Elizabeth's diary and she's super Uh thrilled because because it just has, like, every bit of information she could possibly want. She finds out all about the prom and the issue between the sisters. And she's kind of sympathizing oh with Jessica in the situation. And cause, just because she, Jessica's, I guess, so much more of a <laughs> questionable person in the series. Yeah. And it makes me wonder why she just doesn't become Jessica, because she'd be much more similar to Jessica than Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, maybe she wants to be the popular, well-liked person. But I Jessica's don't know. also popular and well-liked. She's just like the wild party child. They're both popular oh, well, and well-liked. Then I don't know. This book makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. It's like just- Everything else up to this point was perfectly reasonable, <laughs> but that one fact made me think this whole book is nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. 
So she suddenly realizes she's been reading this diary for an hour and it's getting dark outside and she's like, oh no, I gotta get out of here because they're gonna be home any minute, surely. And of course, as soon as she like gets up to put the diary and everything away, she hears footsteps in the hall and she like kind of throws it into a drawer and dives into the closet. Classic. I know. So Elizabeth enters her room and she immediately realizes that there's like stuff's moved. The bed has, you know, the divot in it after it had been made, all that kind of stuff. And she sees that her diary's been misplaced as well. Uh-oh. Yeah. So she has a moment where she's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm being watched in my room. And she kind of talks herself out of it. And when she sees the diary, she's convinced that it's Jessica that was going through her stuff. Man, there's some trust issues in this family. I know, especially right now. Deservedly so. Absolutely. <laughs> so Margot watches from the closet and she's like, oh, it's Elizabeth. I'm so excited. I'm so close to her. And she considers killing her like right then and there, which probably would have been a better solution to this whole problem. <laughs> but she's like, this but- is... <laughs> To give this book some credit, she is pulling off the serial killer obsessed with their victim thing pretty well. She's super obsessed, and she does definitely do her homework, so I'll give her points for that. Yeah. She realizes she doesn't really have anywhere to put the body, so that's kind of her, like, (laughs) thought process. Like, no, I shouldn't jump the gun. I don't know enough information yet, and I don't really have anywhere to put the body. Yeah, disposing of the body is a big (laughs) problem. You're killing them Oh, everyone's home and she screams or whatever. Yeah. So she talks herself out of it. She wants to be perfect at being Elizabeth before she kills her. So Elizabeth goes into the bathroom. Margot sneaks out of the room, but she can't leave. Why does Margot just wear her skin? That'd be so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Put the lotion on the skin. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, that's the solution to her problem. She doesn't need her skin. She looks exactly like Elizabeth. Well, you know what? It just makes you feel more like it's the method, Danielle. Get the method. She should just steal all her clothes. (laughs) Be her. Uh, She can't leave out the front door because the mom's down there and the mom saw Elizabeth come in twice now, I guess. So she can't just like leave out the door. So she's. That mom is not. I know. Who knows? Good. She goes towards the back door and then kind of sees another side door and walks through. And she's like, oh, it's the basement. So she ends up going through the basement. Apparently, this basement has windows big enough for a body to crawl through. She puts up a little like a uh, stepladder so she can get in and out and she just keeps the door unlatched. So now she has easy access to get into the house as much as she wants. Wow. I know. It's crazy. So, meanwhile, Jessica's waiting for her date with James. And he, I know, but remember, James just was told that if he talked to Jessica, she would die. So, oh, that was James. I forgot. <laughs> he calls, and after his discussion with Margot, he ends up canceling their date and breaking up with her over the phone. And Jessica's so sad because her boyfriend's died, and then her second boyfriend broke up with her. She's just having a hard life. Yeah. 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 I feel so bad for her. <laughs> And Jessica wonders if it's something she did. She wishes she could talk to Elizabeth, but she can't because she spiked Elizabeth's drink and Elizabeth killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real problem of her own making. I know. And then she decides, she's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to Elizabeth. I'm going to tell her what I did. And I need to get this off my chest. We need to start fresh. She walks into Elizabeth's bedroom and Elizabeth whirls around and gets super angry about her looking into her diary. And Jessica's like, but I did it. And Elizabeth's like, get out of my room. I have a fight. Of course. So anytime they're about to reconcile, some contrivance comes up to prevent that. Absolutely. Like half a dozen times. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So Elizabeth has another weird dream. Remember, she's been having these reoccurring dreams of a dark haired woman with a butcher knife. And she has another weird dream, this time about the prom. And it's lingering on drinking the punch. And she, when she wakes up, she's like, oh, maybe I'm trying to remember something, something about the punch. But she doesn't remember it. So remind me, you said that these books sometimes veer into the supernatural. Do the twins often have psychic visions or premonitions? Or is that unique to this particular miniseries? Sometimes they do. They have a lot of twin powers where they're like, 
like, oh, my twin is in trouble. <laughs> okay. My twin is sad. You know, like they just constantly know what the other person's feeling. Got and, it. And it's used a lot for like, you know, somebody's kidnapped and they're like, oh, my twin is in trouble. I have to go save them. <laughs> 180 books. These guys must be traumatized. Yeah, I know. Kidnapping, <laughs> murders, death. This is awful. Yeah, in real life, they would be insane by book 181. Yeah, no kidding. So Margot decides that it's time to go after Todd. Todd is Elizabeth's boyfriend. She wants to see if she can fool him. So she's upping her game even more. Ooh, she's going to sleep with Todd. Yeah, she totally wants to. That's exactly what she's going for. So I'm not even joking. She's <laughs> So, like, into sleeping with Todd. So, she invites him on a date as Elizabeth. And then she also decides to go shopping for new clothes. And so, she calls up Jessica's best friend, who's a huge shopper. She loves to shop because Jessica's more of the shopper person. And she poses as Jessica and they go to the mall and hang out. And she somehow manages to convincingly be Jessica the entire afternoon with this friend. But she's been studying Elizabeth. I know. It's it's nuts. She's, like, can somehow be all of the people. (laughs) Somehow, I've been sucked into this insane series, Danielle. I blame you for all of this. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And Margo goes on her date with Todd, and it's going well at first. Like, they're having a good date, and she is, like I said, hardcore hitting on Todd, Sam. She is, like, in it to win it. She wants to sleep with this guy. I mean, is her boyfriend, supposedly. I don't know if Elizabeth and Todd had sex prior to book 100, but they're, it's, like, they clearly are probably this a like a PG. Pleasantville, yeah, like, you know, relationship where they're like, oh, we just hold hands on the sunset and it's so sweet. I don't know if they, I don't know if they've ever gotten together. Maybe they have, but it's not a common thing for Elizabeth to be like super pushy about like making out and stuff. Like, that's not her MO. She's not like, just jam your tongue down my throat. Do it, Todd. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> that's basically what this is like. Maybe she'd be more liked if she did. Yeah. Hey, which is oh, why I think terrible. she should be Jessica because Jessica is a bit more flirtatious and so probably work out better. Yeah, it's just be Jessica. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. But she decides to be Elizabeth, she's hitting on Dodd, and at some point, they end up at Lover's Lane. Elizabeth, or as Margot, Margot is like, let's go up to Lover's Lane. Of course there's a Lover's Lane. Yeah, I don't think they call it that, but that's basically what it is. And Todd starts to feel like something's wrong, but then he just, of course, wonders if maybe he's with Jessica and Jessica's doing something super weird. And he still makes out with her. <laughs> this might not be my... <laughs> Girlfriend, this might be her sister doing it, but I'm going to go ahead with this. <laughs> yeah, he Boys got, are dumb. I know. So he does some light making out and then it's like, yeah, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this like mentally. And so he, he basically comes up with a really lame excuse and they end up driving back into town and he drops her off at the house. He says he has to finish up his Christmas shopping. <laughs> and then uh, he says he'll see her tomorrow because it's Christmas Eve dinner at her house and he's going to be there with the family. And he's kind of worried about Jessica because obviously she's been acting super weird lately. Her boyfriend died, etc. He's basically decides I'm not going to tell Elizabeth just in case this was Jessica. And why? Because he doesn't want to. He A knows. Yeah, further? like basically. But- he- if Jessica's doing, I mean, no, you should tell her. Okay, Sam, if everybody just talked to each other in this book, there would be no book. Everybody would have gone, huh, this is super weird. Something must be going on. But instead, everybody's just like, Jessica's being weird. Elizabeth's being weird. Jessica's being weird. Elizabeth's being weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if this book had actually human beings in it, it would be solved. <laughs> Literally, if any of these people talked to each other, this plot would have been solved in like 50 pages. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's one of those books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that now. So Elizabeth has a run-in with her mom where her mom's mentioning stuff that didn't happen. And she's like, my mom's going kind of crazy. It must be all the stress of everything that's been going on. Oh, maybe you should talk to her. <laughs> we just talked about this. 
It's so funny. And they have a super awkward Christmas dinner because the two twins are barely not, like, basically not talking to each other. And there's this moment where Todd almost starts to reveal that he went to a movie with Elizabeth the night before. And then Elizabeth is like, I went caroling with my friends. You know, they like, they both start talking at the same time. And then Todd backs it up and is like, oh yeah, I wasn't going to say anything because it might have been Jessica. And it sounds like maybe it was because Elizabeth (laughs) was somewhere else. So he just is like, oh, you know, we were talking about going to a movie. That's what we did. (laughs) Like, we didn't see each other (laughs) what yeah and todd uh, let's see you are a hazard to the health (laughs) and well-being of your girlfriend frankly she deserves better she's not great but she deserves better margo's watching from the window like a creeper she's out in the oh that's the the creepy thing she's done got it Uh, Jess tries again that night to talk to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth gets startled by her, like, appearing randomly in a room and yells at her. Wait, wait, wait. So she, like, goes into a room to talk to her sister. She's like, whoa, you scared me. Get out. (laughs) Well, because Elizabeth was trying to sleep and she's kind of, like, creepily standing over her bed. And then she Ah. opens her eyes and screams and is like, get out of the room. And so Jessica just leaves instead of going, hey, I need to talk to you. Jessica, seriously, that's not how you, you don't just stand over, you don't loom over somebody and be like, hey. Wake up. <laughs> that happens a couple of times in this story. What is it with these non-humans? They're robots. They got to be robots. <laughs> yeah, they're all robots. That's, we, we know that anything that goes wrong in a story, it's because they're actually all robots. Right. Makes sense. Uh, Elizabeth has another dream about prom again, and she has a very ominous feeling when she wakes up. Oh, it's like she's fixated almost. Yeah. She keeps having these ominous feelings. What could possibly be wrong? Nothing. Everything in her life is going perfectly well, and there have been no problems. Absolutely none for the last several months. It's not like there was <laughs> a huge fight for prom queen, and then somebody died, and then she was blamed for it, went to a court case, and then it's being stalked by somebody who looks exactly like her. None of those things have happened. <laughs> Can I also just say the fact that prom queen was the impetus for all of this? Absolutely. Like, who cares? <laughs> well, I like, Je- and I think it's Elizabeth who kind of backs out. And she's like, no, Jessica should have it, but it's too late. You know, Jessica's already spiked her punch. I don't know. I don't remember that part very well. It was 12,000 books ago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was seven. <laughs> Five. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the parents leave for San Francisco and there's a big storm brewing. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, you mean an actual storm? Okay. Yes. <laughs> the parents leave for San Francisco and there is an actual storm brewing outside. <laughs> I don't know. If there's like there's like a storm brewing between the sisters there's or whatever. There's a metaphorical storm brewing. <laughs> this book is so floral and weird. I would not be surprised if that were the case. No, there's an actual storm outside. It's like thunder, lightning. It's crazy. I should have guessed that's much more in line with the crazy murderers. Yeah. There's a lightning storm going on while they go on their rampage. There's a, there's a storm for the rest of this. So James is the guy who got threatened to not see Jessica right. James, James and the giant dirt bike. James and the giant dirt bike. <laughs> when you said the peach earlier, I just got that joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad. I'm glad we got there the second time. <laughs> I was well like, done. okay, peach. <laughs> well, you thought it was some other thing? I, know, I, thought was, I thought it was like a metaphor for something. <laughs> like, oh, this is not like a sexting metaphor. We're trying I to use the emoji. That. I don't know what I thought you meant, but I was like, okay, Sam. <laughs> you you know Roald Dahl. I did <laughs> really well, too. <laughs> I, mean, I just right. didn't get there. <laughs> you didn't say giant peach. I was very confused. <laughs> I did say giant peach. Did you? I don't, well, I'm not sure. I have to go back and listen. I'm pretty but sure I'm pretty you said sure. peach. Okay. It doesn't matter. I should have got it. I did not. Either way, that's like the giant is not the most important word in that title. <laughs> well, James and the peach doesn't have the same ring to it. 
That's true, but also it is a giant peach is important. But that's a different book for a different <laughs> podcast, Danielle. Such a late response to that joke. Sorry. That is a weird book, it. though. If one of us hadn't read it, it'd be a good book. can't remember if I've read it since like elementary school. Have you seen the movie? I have seen the movie. I remember that pretty vividly because it was it's weird. weird. Such a weird movie. It's a great movie. Was that? It, that wasn't Tim Burton, was it? I don't know, but it has a very Tim Burton-esque feeling to it, for right. sure. I don't think it was, but the claymation style is very sort of, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our peach cast. <laughs> all peaches all the time. <laughs> Giant or otherwise. Sam and Danielle bringing you all peaches all the time. <laughs> hey. That song by the presence of the United States of America? You got it. Ooh, that would be a good one. If we, have a peach, peach, if we have a peach we podcast, it. we should totally have that on there. I'm out of, I'm out of peach media. That's all I got. <laughs> Georgia exists. I guess that counts. Georgia. <laughs> peach pod. Things, I bet you could actually, uh, we talked about cottage cheese and peaches earlier. Hey. Oh, we did. Yeah, but that's not media. <laughs> Neither is Georgia. That's my point. I'm out. That's all I got. Didn't the uh, in a league of their own? Weren't they the the peaches or whatever? Oh yeah, the maybe. Peen? I haven't seen that in a while, but yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. All right. Anyway, next time. That concludes the peach cast. Join us <laughs> next week for more peach talk all the time. And remember, what we say in the peach community: avoid them pits. <laughs> Why? Peaches are the pits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> so James receives a note from Margot. This is apparently the third note he's gotten since Margot threatened him, which I don't know why she keeps sending him notes. She threatened him. She doesn't have to keep sending follow-up threats. <laughs> hey, James, you're still threatened. Just checking in, making <laughs> why sure. I haven't changed my mind. Still will like kill like you. blackmail somebody and it's like, hey, you still getting blackmailed? Just checking in. And, actually, and now he has written proof to give the police and he still doesn't go to the police. All right. James doesn't see a giant <laughs> so peach. Stupid. <laughs> so he decides to tell Jessica what's really happening. Again. Not the police. <laughs> and he calls to arrange a conversation some uh, to, to meet her someplace instead of just telling her over the phone because drama, I guess. Let me guess. Margot intercepts all that and talks to him instead. Maybe. No. Okay. <laughs> That's not quite what happens. So Jessica really <laughs> does pick great, up the though. phone and he does arrange to have a conversation over on the at the marina. I don't know why they can't like have it on do. the phone. But yeah, it's in the middle like, of a meet storm. Me at the docks in the middle of the night. <laughs> in the middle of a storm. Like I don't I don't know why he couldn't just say, Hey, I have you on the phone, just FYI. There's a crazy, There's a chick crazy after person you. trying to Yeah, <laughs> no. That'd be too easy, Danielle. Yeah. Apparently, robots need to make things difficult. Exactly. And then, so, of course, as you kind of suggested, Margot has taken advantage of Elizabeth being out of the house to visit Todd. And she goes into the house and she... Wait, wait. I thought it was Jessica who left to go hear everything from James. No, she hasn't left yet. She's still at the house. She just picked up the phone from... She picked up okay, James's call. Okay, where's Elizabeth? Elizabeth is at Todd's house. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I, that's because it literally just happened. So James receives this, this note from Margot. Uh, he decides he's like, confused. I'm calling Jessica so to tell her what happened. Jessica picks up the phone. Elizabeth is like, I'm going to Todd's, and she leaves. Got it. And then Margot sneaks into the house that Elizabeth just uh, left to visit Todd. Got it. And so she ends up, of course, picking up the other line and listening in on the conversation. And she's like, I knew I couldn't trust James. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I knew she's going to intercept him. this somehow. Yeah, and she steals 
Elizabeth's well-worn necklace while she's at the house. It's uh, one that Jessica has a copy of as well. They're twin necklaces. Uh, friendship necklace thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they're... Is it a heart that they like no, put together? No, it's some special design. I don't know sisters. <laughs> she decides to dress up as Jessica and pretend to be here and meet up with James and take James away before Jessica can get there. Yeah, no kidding. That's obvious what's going to happen, yeah. obviously. So she goes... She's running back home to do that so she can meet up with James and Jessica leaves the house or is about to leave the house. So Josh finds out where Margo was staying. Josh was uh, Georgie's right. brother. I'm sorry. All the J's. I know. That's why I keep trying to <laughs> clarify who it is. <laughs> so Josh finds out where Margo was staying and heads over to her boarding house. That's where she had been staying this entire time. And her mm-hmm. room is a flat out serial killer room. It's got like the pictures of Elizabeth all over the walls. There's a whole table full of knives. I don't know where the she string, got them like, all. Thing. <laughs> yeah, she's got like notes everywhere, scrawled notes and scrawled in red lipstick on the mirror. It says, I am Elizabeth. <laughs> Okay. She needs serious help. Yeah. And instead of calling the police, he's just like looking around the room. What is with these people? And they're like, I can handle this. I can handle a serial killer myself. I mean, my brother's dead. That doesn't seem to bother me too much. I'll just, oh, lipstick on the mirror. That's fine. I can handle it. <laughs> and so Knives? Oh, she must be really into cooking. He knows something's up. And he obviously, when he sees the I am Elizabeth thing, he's like, oh, she's going to kill Elizabeth and become her. Like, that's her major plan. And what a dingus. <laughs> I know. And so Margo, of course, shows up because she's trying to change her clothes so she can go pretend to be Jessica. So she sees him in the room. And instead of confronting him, because she doesn't, she only has a little pocket knife with her, you know, she'll have anything major. She's, she's like, he'll just grab one of the knives. and It's like, I'm at a disadvantage. She does the classic outside the door. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to the marina at seven o'clock to meet my friend. Like, she's talking to somebody uh-huh. and then leaves the house and she sees Josh, like, run out of the house on the way to the marina and she's like, perfect, he's going to my plan. <laughs> I'm gonna murder Josh and James, get cured of the two J's, and then I'll be J-free and fancy Free? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> J-free and fancy f- fancy free. That's really hard. J-free yeah, and fancy free. <laughs> it, it's tricky. <laughs> I'm not a serial killer. I can't do it well. Yeah, there you go. Jessica, of course, as I said, runs out to meet James. So she's leaving her house. She can't find the car keys to the parents' car or whatever it is. And Elizabeth has actually shown back up at the house. Elizabeth came back from Mackin with Todd. Well, Todd's with her because she needed a sweater or something. So she stops by the house and so Jessica's like... Oh, poor Todd. She's getting more clothes. Yeah. So So Jessica is like, can you please give me a ride? Even though they're not on good terms and Elizabeth kind of wavers, but it's like, yeah, whatever. Get in the car. We're going that way anyway. So she takes them to, or I guess maybe Todd's driving doesn't really matter. They go to the, the marina. Brother? He is. I don't know if he's not. I home. forgot he existed. He comes he back a little bit later, them. but he's not. I don't know if he's not home right now, or if he's just in and out because he's at college, or if he's home, or I don't know. But weren't the parents like, oh, we can go to San Francisco because he'll be there to watch the kids? Yeah, and but he, he's not, and he might be in the house. I can't remember. He's kind of in and out. He has a girlfriend too, so maybe he's at her house. I don't know. They're all negligent. Well, I mean, they're sixteen-year-old normally relatively well-behaved people. I don't know why the parents would be that concerned about them normally. Okay. It was more I just guess. like... Because maybe there was a, a death a few months ago. I agree. I mean, I really agree. Strange. <laughs> I agree, but I, I... Up until the point where they killed somebody, they were perfectly well-behaved children. I don't see why we have to worry about them. <laughs> I agree with all that. However, 
Right this moment, <laughs> as far as I know, the only people who are home are Jessica, Elizabeth, and Todd. Awful. Yeah. And so Jessica starts to get really antsy in the car. And again, like completely psychic moments. She's like, I can't explain it. I just have this terrible feeling. So she goes from being like elated. She's like, James wants to talk to me. I don't know why he wants to meet in the middle of a storm at the marina, but I'm so excited because he broke up with me. that's a normal thing. And then she's like, oh, oh, something terrible is happening. I can tell. And so they get to the marina. Jessica leaps from the car. This is the line. The psychic message had been coming to her loud and clear. Uh... James was in danger. Jessica was sure of it. <laughs> what? Psychic message from whom? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is the universe calling Jessica. Jessica, come in. Uh, James, the dirt-like enthusiast, who you kind of know is in danger because he invades you to a marina in the storm. Just making sure this is coming in loud and clear. Over Can now. you read me, Jessica? <laughs> And so Jessica leaps from the car. She's running towards the marina where she's supposed to meet James. And James meets up with someone who he assumes is Jessica and obviously learns very quickly that it's not Jessica and is in fact Margot. He learns very quickly by being stabbed. Well, he like tells her the entire story and looks, looks down at her and sees it in her eyes. And then Margot says something particularly feisty. He's like, you're not Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> and so and Margot pushes James off the pier, which apparently is above of a bunch of rocks for some reason. Most piers have rocks because boats and rocks get along really well. Yeah, I don't know why the pier is above rocks and James plummets to the rocks below. Probably not dead. Jessica oversees a dark shadow push James off the pier. So she sees this happen and the others rush up behind her and they see a man off to the side and Todd tackles this dude and it turns out to be Josh, the brother. So... They see a shadow push James off the pier and they go and, and tackle it, the other one. Yeah, and it disappears. Like, somehow it magically disappears. And then they see the other guy standing there or and off they're to like, the oh, side. like, oh, must be him must somehow. Must be him somehow. Like, they think it's him. They don't, like, realize that the other one is not him. They just oh, see the okay. two people. They, they see one person and they assume it's him. Because a teenage girl and, and uh, a young adult man look identical. Yeah, well, they're far away. It was a shadow. A shadow okay. that Jessica saw. Fair enough. And so they run up. Up and they think that it's Josh. I don't know. Like, they, I think it's stupid. But anyway, they tackle Josh and he just showed up, of course, and he kind of like witnessed the whole thing. And Margot, on her way out of the marina, calls the police and leaves an anonymous tip. And that is never mentioned again. Not once. Is she trying to like frame Josh? She's like, there was, there was a murder over at the marina and there's a bunch of people there who witnessed him and have the murderer in custody and they need your help and you have to get over there. So she does that. And again, it's never mentioned again. The anonymous so maybe that's that a good got. reason not going to the police because they're apparently incompetent. Yeah. At the police station, Josh is ranting about a lookalike to Elizabeth that murdered James and nobody believes him, of course. Of course. And of course, it doesn't seem to matter that there was also an anonymous tip of a female, <laughs> young female, that would look exactly like Elizabeth, potentially. Well, how can you tell from just the voice? You wouldn't, but you think that would come up in a conversation because a random anonymous tip is kind of weird. Also, uh, this might be a little late to the party, but where did Margot originate? Um... Oh, I forget where she started. I don't know. She goes to Ohio first. So she's like way on the other side of the country. So would she sound the same as California natives? Probably not. But she seems like she – it talks a lot in the books about how she's – like, she's memorized the mannerisms, speech okay, patterns. So she's like, she's just magical, apparently. All right. So here's my question. Margot. Danielle, you're Margot in this instance. Okay. Margot. Why yeah. are you wasting your talents on murder when you could be doing stand-up impressions? You could be 
a performer. You could go on The Late Show. That'd be a much better career. Because I have a lot of psychological issues and I've never had therapy. Oh, so that's most comedians. <laughs> yes. But apparently it trends towards uh, psychopathism and murder. Psychopathy? Because <laughs> it, feels good, it feels good to murder and I hear voices in my head. Again, comedian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sam, I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, there was an alternate career path where you were an amazing impressionist. I'm just saying, you could have done that. <laughs> she could have done a lot of things. She's clearly relatively intelligent. She's really good at mimicry. I don't know. She's had some really good plans. They seem to work out for her quite regularly. <laughs> she could <laughs> take over the stock market. I don't know. I mean, they're wonderful people. I'm sure they're not all psychologically damaged, so don't <laughs> at me. <laughs> so, PlayStation. They're all the PlayStation. Josh is ranting about Elizabeth uh, lookalike, and nobody believes him. And meanwhile, the parents are in San Francisco, and Mr. Wakefield shows up for his interview, and of course, there's no interview scheduled. So they have a series of events where they realize they've been duped. They're not entirely sure why, and they decide to try and make it home, but because of the storm and fog and all that, the flights are all canceled. So Mrs. Wakefield starts to feel really unsettled, and she- Oh, her psychic powers are kicking <laughs> I in. I know. She could feel it deep in her bones. Something was very wrong at home. Something was wrong with her girl. Well, you would have figured that out, I don't know, six months ago when they killed somebody. <laughs> so Mr. Wakefield humors her, but thinks she's kind of a little, you know, loose. <laughs> He's like, come on. Okay. Wow, sure, that's sexist. <laughs> He's just like not convinced Oh, you're just going being on. a hysterical woman. Your, he doesn't say it that way. Your wandering uterus has gotten you all confuddled <laughs> again. We'll go get the doctor to give you that electroshock therapy. He never blatantly says, like, I'm just humoring you or is, like, patronizing towards her. But he's just like, okay, like, it's probably fine. Why don't you call them? Well, you know, we'll get home when we get home. Don't be so worried about it. Like, he's trying to calm her down, but doesn't believe there's really anything going on. Mm -hmm. So she calls home. But of course, this is after the police station. Everybody's home. But Margot is snuck back into the house while the twins are upstairs because she's bananas. We've established that. She's not, you know, she's a few full, uh, yeah, she's crazy. The phone's turned off upstairs, of course, because, you know, Jessica's just bereft because James has died, by the way. I didn't mention that, but he, no, he he's died. dead. Yeah, he <laughs> fell off a cliff onto some rocks. He's dead. Yeah, he definitely did not survive. Now two of her boyfriends have died. Back to back. It's a bad bet to date Jessica. <laughs> yeah, it's not going well. So the phone's turned off upstairs so Jessica can rest. And luckily, because Margot intercepts the call from the mom telling them everything, you know, like they didn't get the hotel room. There's something going on with the interview. They can't make it home. And so nobody knows that the parents are having this issue and the parents don't realize that anything's going on with the twins. This is well before cell phone, so fine. Yeah. And undeadered by this conversation, the mom is still like, I just don't feel like anything's right. We have to go home. And dad's like, you literally just talked to them. Calm down. <laughs> At that point, I'm kind of on his side. Yeah. Even though the mom's 100% right. Well, yeah. But who believes a psychic mom? Uh, nobody. But when Jessica finally falls asleep, she has a weird dream about a girl who looks oh, like Elizabeth, but no. isn't. <laughs> and she has dark hair and there's a huge butcher knife. <laughs> it's the same dream that Elizabeth has been having. She has dream a million times and hasn't anything with it. It's useless. <laughs> It comes up. Clearly. Elizabeth has another dream about the dance and drinking punch. Oh, can we do some side dreams? <laughs> no. There's a lot of nightmare screaming. They all wake up. Steven, the brother, is now home, I guess. So he runs up there to see what's going on. And Margo watches from the hallway. And she's really into the touching family scene that she's witnessing. Aw. She so just, just wants love she and, does. and murder. 
<laughs> and murder. Love and murder. Don't we all? Jessica starts to tell them about the dream that she had, and Elizabeth is like, oh my gosh, that's the same dream that I had. Wait, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it what was. was she mean about? Oh, you mean from before? Because she was just she's had the prom. The, she's had multiple dreams. One is about the prom, and the other one is about a okay. dark-haired killer with a butcher knife that looks Got just it. like them. And uh, they talk about the special intuition that the twins have together. And even though twin that tuition, twin tuition, and even though they've been recently estranged, it's still in effect. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the best quote: "Could the dream be some kind of omen, a deadly prophecy?" <laughs> Yes, book. Yes, we, we yes, get it. it I, I understand these are for children, or at least teens or tweens. <laughs> but yeah, tweens, teens. You don't have to talk down to them like they're idiots. <laughs> they well, you it. know what? Thirteen-year-olds eat this up. So I read many a Sweet Valley High in my younger years. Yeah, this is the one you remember most vividly. <laughs> or a couple, but sure. So okay. <laughs> the next morning, it's established that there's this huge upcoming New Year's Eve party that's supposed to be happening at one of their friend's fancy mansions. Margot is actually hanging out with that friend and she's pretending to be Jessica again. So she's scoping out the place of the party because her plan is New Year, New Margot. <laughs> <laughs> you worked a long time on that, didn't you? No, it just came to me. I felt really smart. <laughs> 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 yeah, so good today. A plus, a plus. <laughs> so she's scoping out the house, trying to figure out how exactly she wants to murder Elizabeth, or where she's going to put the dead body. <laughs> and later, of course, her, uh, the friend thinks it's super weird that Jessica was being so chipper while she was at her house, considering James had just died. But she assumes that she was just irrational and in shock from the <laughs> from the death. Wow. But no, it was Margot. Again, if people talk to each other, they would have figured this out much earlier. So Margot decides to kill Elizabeth in the pool house, which is towards the back of the house where the pool is. Well, <laughs> that was a dumb description. Houses. Like, of course, it's in the back of the house. Where the I pool know is. what a pool house is. Oh, I guess I should say I've heard of pool houses in legend. <laughs> I have never been in a pool house. Oh, I've been in pool houses. But it kind of butts up against a, a little foresty area. And so she decides that she's going to drag the body out to the woods behind it. And she preps a grave site ahead of time. I, I admire her, uh, her planning. planning. I know. Yeah. She's on top of it, right? You go, Margo. Yeah, you she, go, girl. Another possible career. Event planner. You know, <laughs> a personal organizer. She can do a lot. Yeah. She really hates people, though. So I don't know how good she would be at socializing. Maybe she could plan executions. It's. I mean, yes. She would be <laughs> excellent at that. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. There's another interaction where Margot shows up at the Wakefield's house pretending to be Elizabeth. Like And there's do. several pages of Jessica just being super morose about her second dead boyfriend. Again, not <laughs> unwarranted, but also kind of not entirely not your fault. Yeah. And Margot, as Elizabeth, is ignoring Jessica for the most part. And Todd thinks it's super weird. He's like, she's she's acting kind of like she did when I, I took her out on that date. Why is she being so weird to Jessica lately? And he's, I don't know. Maybe the murder. Yeah. And he's like, I swear the current Elizabeth isn't Elizabeth either. But I know that it's not Jessica because Jessica's in the other part of the house. I just saw her there. So oh, he thinks Todd, he's, you sweet, beautiful boy. <laughs> I know. He thinks he's imagining so it. much danger. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's imagining it because he overheard Josh at the police station saying that there were two, you know, there was a lookalike. So he's like, oh, I just have that in my head. And that's, that's why I'm being so weird about this right now. Or maybe Josh wasn't crazy. If it quacks like a duck. <laughs> if it talks like Elizabeth and looks like Elizabeth, that must be Elizabeth. <laughs> 
So they wonder why their parents haven't called. And they do call the hotel to check up on them. But because there's no reservation, they didn't end up staying there. They can't figure out where their parents went. And they're just like, oh, I'm sure they're having a good time. It's not a big deal. So the twins, though conflicted, both separately decide to go to the New Year's Eve party, even though there's been so much going on. Who doesn't love a good party? Yeah, Mar- well, Margo kind of like talks them into it, you know, like kind of plays one for the other and, and suggests uh, that they should go. So, oh, you should totally go to the party. It's going to be so much fun to meet cute boys. Oh, uh, she oh, doesn't sorry. say it like that. More just like, you should really, we should really get out and, you know, try to just live our lives and we can't, can you, blah, 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 blah. So she pretends to be Elizabeth and borrows a dress from Jessica. That way she knows what Elizabeth is going to be wearing because Elizabeth doesn't have a dress to wear yet. Oh, and she, okay. Leaves it and for she Elizabeth. Gives that to Elizabeth. Yeah, she like leaves it in her bedroom, and so when Elizabeth sees it, she's like, "Oh, Jessica must have known I didn't have a dress and wants me to borrow this one." Kind Is of. Is this thing. so she can tell the twins apart at the party? And she wants to dress like Elizabeth because she plans to kill Elizabeth and take oh, her and take her place, place right. at the party. So. She goes to the store, buys the same dress, and she, she somehow That's manages lucky. to find it. Well, she even says that in the dream. New Year's she's like, Eve. she even says that in the book. She's like, oh, it's perfect, and it's even a size six. It's like the the fates are lining and are supporting my plan. <laughs> like, okay, kind of, kind okay, of okay, for her. <laughs> She so, put a lot of work into this plan. I wanted to succeed. So, yeah. So, meanwhile, Elizabeth is getting ready for this party, and she's contemplating the night of the prom. She's kind of having flashbacks to it just because it's similar. You know, she's getting dressed up. She's wearing something fancy. She's going to a party with all her friends. And so, she knows her drink was spiked. She's pretty sure that's what happened, obviously. But... She suddenly wonders if all the dreams she's been having are trying to tell her that her drink was spiked by Jessica because she keeps seeing somebody that looks kind of like her but isn't her and her drink being spiked in the dream. And it's like... I swear, if Margot takes the fall for (laughs) spiking the drink and Jessica's like, yeah, it was totally her, (laughs) I will be incensed. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Good call. So she, <laughs> so she remembers Jessica being kind of weird at the prom and confirms to herself. She's like, that's what happened. Jessica spiked my drink. I'm like 100% sure on this. And she's super angry at Jessica. Of course. Rightly so. But she doesn't tell Jessica because heaven help Nobody anybody talks talk to each other. To each other. Yeah, got it. She just goes to the party. So Jessica decides to tell Elizabeth what happened. She's having like a huge guilt complex. She's like, you know what? New year. I'm going to start over. I'm going to tell Elizabeth what happened and hopefully we can move past this. Sure. At a party. It's a good plan to do this. Absolutely. I know. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. She wants to do it like at New Year's, before New Year's, you know, just like start over fresh with the countdown. So meanwhile... Josh escapes from the local jail. Okay. <laughs> he pretends to be sick. The prison guard comes in, apparently just leaves the door open behind oh, him. Oh, that old chestnut. <laughs> Josh, like, hits him over the head, seals his clothes, and runs out of the jail. So... There's a special report on the radio and the TV about his escape that somehow every single character manages to hear while they're like all separately driving to this party or in their house listening or to whatever. The scanner? I What's don't know. On? They're all like listening to the, either the radio because special report it interrupts the radio station or it's on the TV and it like plays in the back. Special report like interrupts their shows. Like it's literally every character hears this and they're all okay. like, oh my gosh, Josh has escaped. What does this mean? And so Josh has run out. He's stalking the Wakefield house and he follows them to the party and then Margot is stalking the party house and she's kind of like low-key mingling in the background because she doesn't want people to think that she's 
Elizabeth yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they're all at the party now, and it's going on. It's heading towards New Year's. Elizabeth sneaks away from Todd because she sees Jessica approaching them, and she's mad at Jessica. And she's like, I'm not having this conversation right now. And so she just leaves. She's like, I'm going to the bathroom, and she peels out of there. And so she's been gone for a while. Todd goes after her and runs into Margot, pretending to be Elizabeth. And as Todd is talking to her... He's getting that same feeling that he got before on their date, like, hmm, she's not quite who I think she is. And he knows it's not Jessica because she was downstairs and she was in a completely different color dress because Elizabeth and Margot are wearing the same color fuchsia right, dress. Right, right. And Margot, and she's also, oh, I should mention, Margot is wearing the necklace that she stole. So it's the oh, twin okay. necklace. So she looks Subtle. legitimately like Elizabeth, right? And so Margot, meanwhile, is like, hey, Todd, why don't we, like, get a room and make out? <laughs> why don't you kill her first? <laughs> she looks super, like, she's in the middle of trying to kill Elizabeth. And she's like, hey, Todd, let's kiss. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess Todd's a real looker. And then in this interaction somehow causes Todd to go, wait a minute, you're not Elizabeth. And my he, girlfriend would never ask to kiss me. I know. My girlfriend would never hit on me this much. And he immediately remembers <laughs> Josh's warning and then decides to tell Margot that he knows that she's not Elizabeth. Like, I feel really bad for Todd because <laughs> he seems dumb. to be in a loveless relationship and he isn't blessed with a whole lot of brains, it sounds yeah, like. Elizabeth loves him, but uh-huh. they're usually a good match. But Todd's uh-huh. just, I'm not sure he's like the smartest. <laughs> okay. So Margot knocks him unconscious. I don't know why she doesn't kill him because She just knocks would... him unconscious in the middle yeah. of a party and nobody notices. Yeah, they're upstairs because that's where Elizabeth ran to to go to the bathroom and so they're kind of like away from the party and she doesn't kill him and basically is like well nobody will believe his story and by then i'll already be elizabeth so how's he ever gonna prove it she's not (laughs) a good she was doing so well up until this point she was doing so well well. (laughs) he's like come on what's one more person margo so she then finds the real Elizabeth, who's in one of the bathrooms upstairs, just kind of hanging out, you know, having a moment to herself. And she pretends to be Jessica. And so at the, in same, the same dress. Yeah, well, yes, but she doesn't know because she doesn't see her. She's like talks through the door of the bathroom. Oh, okay. And so Elizabeth is in the bathroom kind of contemplating, maybe I'm being too harsh on Jessica. I should hear her side of the story. She's probably just, you know, it's not her fault that I ended up driving drunk and killing people. Like she was just being Jessica and playing a stupid prank and it just went out of control. So I should talk to her about it. And that's when suppose Margot as Jessica shows up and is like, hey, I really need to talk to you. Can we meet down at the pool house? And then she just leaves. And so when Elizabeth opens the door, there's nobody there. And she's like, well, now I've got to go to the pool house because Jessica's down there waiting for me. Okay. And so... Meanwhile, the real Jessica down at the party is having her twin psychic powers activate, and she's concerned something is wrong. (laughs) So she's searching all over for Elizabeth, but she can't find her, and a lightning bolt streaks across the sky, and she happens- Are you kidding? No. She happens to see a figure out by the pool house, so she heads that way. Oh, so the universe was like, let's help the murderer get the perfect dress, but also lightning bolt to help the not murder people find the murderer before the murder happens. Yes, all of those things. I hate this universe. (laughs) Absolutely. So Stephen, the brother, is back home. He also hears a special report. It breaks into the whatever TV show they're watching or something, he and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh no, my sister is like, he's probably going to go after them. I need to get to the party. So he rushes towards the party as well. And then Josh is outside of the party because he can't go in because he's still wearing his police or whatever, the prison guard uniform. So he's outside the party and he sees the girls head to the pool house. So he follows in. 
And then Todd finally wakes up and he heads downstairs to find Elizabeth and someone in the party actually ends up seeing Josh through one of the windows of the house. And he's like, that's the guy that was up for murder. And so uh, Todd, and it's heading towards the pool house. So Todd's like, oh, so no. So recognize he, him somehow <laughs> in the Through the window uniform. in the dark in the storm. <laughs> like, wow. And so Todd runs out towards pool house. So everybody's converging on this pool house, but it's too late because Elizabeth's already at the pool house. And so she walks in and she comes face to face with Margot. Uh oh. And she has a butcher knife at her side. Margot does. And she realizes, Elizabeth realizes that her dream was warning her of this the whole time. No, duh. <laughs> And then Margot makes the biggest mistake that any bad guy character ever she makes. She monologues. She monologues, Sam. She monologues. <laughs> they Margo. always monologue. She says she deserves this life and hers has just been so hard. And Elizabeth finally realizes that Margot wants to be her. And Margot admits to killing James and how she'd been in the house and pretended to be her. And her mom accepted her as her own child. And she kind read of. her diary. <laughs> and now she's going to be Elizabeth. That's Why? Master. She was doing know. so good up until this point. <laughs> and then you'll love this. Just as she's about to stab her. Margot is just about, like, raises a knife to stab Elizabeth. She has a crisis of conscience. <laughs> and she's okay. like, this is almost like killing myself. <laughs> no, it's nothing like killing yourself, you crazy person. <laughs> so she pauses just long enough, and then she talks herself into it again. She's like, no, I'm her, which means she's me, and I'm killing my past. Her death is my rebirth. Just do it, Margot. <laughs> Seriously. Stop whinging on about blah, 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 blah. Myself being stabbing, killing. It's all me. We're all one. Just do it. Let's have our misery. It. So she goes to stab her, and Jessica, of course, pushes into the pool room, and a scuffle ensues. And Jessica gets a hold of the knife, but now she can't tell which person I is knew who. it. I knew it. I thought it was going to be Josh. I'm wrong, but I still, I knew it. <laughs> So Elizabeth and Margot look identical, and she can't tell them apart. She can't tell her own. Uh, these people are <laughs> awful. So you know, this isn't a really a problem. You just have to wait until okay, get the police here, and we can figure this out. Absolutely, but that doesn't happen because Margot decides to do another stupid thing, and she suddenly jumps Jessica, and she grabs a knife from her, and she plunges it down into Elizabeth. But Jessica jumps in front of her twin, saving her life. Okay. And meanwhile, outside, Stevens arrived, the brother, and he sees Josh, and he's like, "That's the murderer!" And he jumps <laughs> this on guy's him. Useless. <laughs> and they get into a fight, and then Todd runs into the fray. And he's like, no, 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 that's not Josh isn't to blame. There's some girl who looks exactly like Elizabeth and Jessica, and she's the one that's the murderer. So they all run into the pool house. Josh races towards the twins. He plows into Margot as she's bringing the knife down into Jessica. And Margot loses her balance, flies through the window of the pool house, and crashes onto the deck of the pool. And a large shard of glass plunges itself into her neck. Okay, wow, that's quite a way to go. <laughs> And then everybody hugs and cries. Oh, yay! Dead body in the middle of the pool. Let's all just hug. Please are called. The twins forgive each other. The parents show up from San Francisco and meet them all on the lawn. And the storm, the conveniently timed storm outside, ends. Why did the parents come to the party? Because they were worried. Remember, Mrs. Wakefield was like, we've got to get home. Ah! Yeah, but why did they come to the party instead of their home? Because she, Mrs. Wakefield couldn't deal with it. Like, she's like, I can't. I can't wait till they get home. Something's wrong. I've got to get over there. Okay, and then I was like, great. okay. There is a whole storyline about the parents trying to get home. I summarized it. I, I don't care. Yeah. So that is the end of the book. 
Or is it? Uh-oh, is there a part two? <laughs> uh, yes. Join us next week, everybody, <laughs> for the return of the evil twin. <laughs> Margot apparently does not die when glass goes through her neck. She is like Jason Voorhees. She just keeps coming back. It's quite possible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was crazy. Yes. So that is the evil twin, Sweet Valley High. How'd you feel about that first exposure to that series, Sam? Um, I love Margot. I hate everyone else. <laughs> and I will never read these books because it'll make me too angry. <laughs> <laughs> I did say you would never read them. But I am really enjoying that. I really want to hear what happens to Margot. If Margot comes back and is like, got a gruff, gravelly voice, like, I'm Margot. I'm here for revenge against... The Wakefield twins for destroying my beautiful neck. I will be so into that. Yeah, the next in the series is even weirder somehow. <laughs> <laughs> not going to give anything away to anybody, but my oh question my is, goodness, you guys. How is she going to pull off the same scam twice? Like, everyone's on to her now. She recovers <laughs> blow to, oh, wait, my sister's acting weird again. I guess she's just acting weird. Not maybe the evil twin coming back. Well, maybe they think that she's died, in which case they would never know. <laughs> okay, so they bury her and she just pops her arm out of the grave again like Jason Voorhees. It's a possibility. I'm not going to tell you. Or You're going to have to find Voorhees, out next week. Great. Next week on Book Retorts, the evil oh, twin reader. I cannot More wait. evil twins. Twins that are even more evil. <laughs> twin two, escape from New York. <laughs> Twinier than the last. <laughs> More twins, more problems. <laughs> That's a tagline. Return of the evil twin. More twins, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is great. I cannot wait. Okay, everybody. So that wraps it up for this episode. If you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, if you have insights into the evil twins, feel free to if reach out. If you have out. any idea about how Margo's going to survive a glass shard in the neck. Don't tell Sam because this is a spoiler free for him until no, next no. week. I'm assuming if you haven't read the book, like if you're <laughs> speculating with me, I'd love to speculate with you. Absolutely. If you want to speculate with Sam, you should definitely give us a shout out. You can do that at bookretorts.com. Or at our Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at bookretorts. And other than that, join us next week for Return of the Evil Twin. <laughs> and until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Take care. That was a good ending. Yeah, it was pretty good for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bar is low, but so I think we got far it. far worse. <laughs> We've had much worse endings. <laughs>